Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a social work podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I am a hospice social worker. And with me today... Is me, Matt. (laughs) Is Matt. I am sorry if you hear some commotion in the background. That is the dog getting in trouble right now. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I hope so. So, <clears throat> I may have to occasionally stop and yell at him, but I think he'll settle down in a minute. His name is Ben, and he's a golden doodle. And I forgot how old he is. I think he's almost five months now. Four and a half, five months. Usually five months and cute as a button. And growing like a weed. Um, that's a whole other podcast when we talk about dogs versus cats and shopping versus adopting and whatnot so we'll get into that at another time but during this podcast since it is coming up on the holiday of christmas 2018 we figured we would do a little podcast to discuss different issues like challenges traditions and the quote-unquote war on christmas and also i'm going to talk about a little bit about um suicidality because we recently had a pretty famous Instagram message from Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live. So I'll get into that here in a little bit. You may be hearing us sip because we're going to toast right now. Happy Kwanzaa Christmas uh, Hanukkah. All the the holidays. Yes. Cheers. Yes. And uh we're going to be sipping a little uh, salted caramel crown tonight while we do this podcast. Yum. Although we also fully support people that have been struggling with substance abuse. And that's part of this podcast is just talking about holiday challenges and how this might actually bring up problems of relapse and suicidality and all those things. So uh, I just want to start out by first <clears throat> talking about... Um, holiday challenges and you know the holiday season pretty much starting before Thanksgiving but through the new year really is not all mistletoe and cider for everyone no it can really bring out a lot of challenges and a lot of people have some grief and loss around the holidays whether that's losing a partner or the death of a loved one or moving, a lot of things seem to happen anecdotally around the holidays. Yes, even just terrible family memories. Yes, absolutely. So we just want to acknowledge that, you know, this. a lot of people love the holidays. They get joy and are very happy celebrating the holidays, but not everyone. So we can honor both. You know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. We don't have to say that... Um, because people are depressed or having a hard time doesn't mean that other other people can't have a great time and be filled with love. Right. And I believe that uh, celebrating happiness is a perfectly wonderful thing to be doing. <laughs> Absolutely. But to those people that are struggling, uh, we want you to know that we're we're here for you. And there's lots of resources for that. So um, before I forget to let you know what those resources are... The National Suicide Hotline, in case you're feeling that way, 
is 1-800-273-8255. And the crisis text line is 741-741. Both of those will get you to whatever your nearest crisis line is. There's someone available to talk to you 24 hours a day. So if you're able to reach out, then certainly I would um, suggest that you do so. And there's no shame in reaching out. They're um, waiting to hear from you. They're absolutely waiting. And um, I bring this up because of Pete Davidson. So this is uh, December of 2018, if you're listening to this way in the future. Uh, Pete Davidson, who is a comic on Saturday Night Live, had a, tw- uh, not a tweet, but an Instagram post where um, it was pretty concerning for a lot of his fans. and Loved ones and, and people lo- And loved ones, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so his message... <clears throat> Um, says, I really don't want to be on this earth anymore. I'm doing my best to stay here for you, but I actually don't know how much longer I can last. All I've ever tried to do was help people. Just remember, I told you so. And then his Instagram was deleted, which is terrifying. It was kind of a red flag. Absolutely a red flag. And luckily, he has a lot of people that do care about him. And so many people reached out not only by phone, Um, But in person, they sent uh, the police to do a welfare check. If you have a friend or loved one that's reaching out in this way, please, if you cannot contact them, contact someone that can be with them. Someone that's experiencing this needs someone to be present. If someone is suicidal, they need someone to be present for them. Physically present. At least for a few hours. If they are really struggling then it may be a situation where they need to go to the hospital and get professional help and there's no shame in that you know pete has been very open about his mental illness and he reported that he was struggling with depression i don't know if you heard that um that dan crenshaw the senate senator elect i think he is the one with the eye patch that, that right that, that reached out thing. to him after the whole incident he yes. reached out to him he actually spoke to him um and reached out to him so You know, it's important. And there's a really great article that I'm just going to read through very quickly. Uh, It was actually on CNN.com. And the title of the article is called What We Should Learn from Pete Davidson's Instagram Post. It was written by Peggy Drexler. And it was written on December 17th, 2018. And so this, uh, skipping down a little bit, says... Being in the spotlight likely exacerbates Davidson's sadness and anxiety as there is more pressure to meet particular expectations or behave in a certain way. At this time, though, when he does cry out for help, as his Instagram post did, fans will immediately take notice and respond. But it's not just celebrities using social media to ask for help. Regular folks are, too. So what happens if someone you know issues a call for help or something that sounds like it? First and foremost, reach out, even if you're not entirely sure of the message's intent. A simple, are you okay, I'm around if you need, can let the person know that they are not alone. And invite them to call you as a resource if needed. Many suicidal people won't reach out on their own. And this, I really want to highlight this. Because I worked at a crisis line, and yes, people do call, 
But not everyone is is willing or able to reach out on their own. They How need long did someone. you work at that crisis line? You worked there for Two a and a half years. Two and a half years, okay. And sometimes those people need someone to go to them. They're just absolutely engulfed in depression or mental illness and are just unable to reach out. Just need someone who cares and wants to listen to what they have to say and talk to them. <clears throat> yeah. So the rest of this article goes on. But while you're here to help, don't make it sound as if you're here to fix their problems. You can't. Truth. You can, however, let them know you're thinking of them and that you take their struggles seriously. Most of all, most suicidal people want someone to trust and someone to care. If the person responds and says that they're not okay, don't be afraid to ask explicitly and without judgmental or panic, are you feeling suicidal? <clears throat> now, let me just pause right here. Please do not say something like, are you going to hurt yourself? There's many reasons for that. Uh, not the least of which is that cutting is not necessarily suicidal behavior. And if you're not explicit with, are you thinking of killing yourself? Are you thinking of suicide? You really have to be explicit in what you mean because they may say yes or no based on how you present it. You are not going to put the thought in their head if they don't already have it. So that's number one training day uh, for Crisis Line is asking the question is not going to give them an idea. So do not be afraid to ask, are you feeling suicidal? Do you have thoughts on that? Is that the no, first time you're hearing that? That sounds very coherent and awesome. <clears throat> and yeah. It's scary. It's a scary thing to say, are you suicidal? Because you're not sure you want to hear the answer. Yeah. And always, you're always thinking, if I'm going to say something, am I going to push them over the edge that right. they're already on? And the answer is no, you are not. Okay, on with the article. If they say yes, try to be with them in person. And if you can't be, contact a family member or friend who can. You can also encourage them to contact their therapist if they have one or a national suicide prevention line, which I just gave you. Um, also, that line is 1-800-273-TALK. T-A-L-K. Uh, critically, when talking to, with a friend who may be suicidal, listen more than you talk. Don't interrogate them or, more tempting, try to make them feel better by sharing struggles of your own. Right. Have a conversation. Yes. This risks making the conversation seem all about you. Plus, even if you've had suicidal thoughts of your own, you may not know how they feel in this moment. A really great video to watch in this instance would be Brene Brown's uh, Empathy versus Sympathy. This really illustrates being able to sit and share someone's emotion without <clears throat> taking it on and not having it be about you, but it's being about them. Instead, let them know that you're not here to offer opinions or objections, but rather to provide a safe space for them to share those thoughts. Listen to the feelings behind the facts and then offer to help them explore ways they might deal with their problems. More often than not, suicidal people do not want advice or to be told that everything will be okay. Please do not ever say that. <clears throat> but you can offer reassurance that you understand their struggles and that you will be available for them as needed. And lastly, especially in the holiday season, realize that not all warning signs may, may be as blatant as Davidson's. Frequent social media posts that are dark in nature or extremely revealing about traumatic life event can also be a red flag. There's no such thing as just a cry for help. So that's the article. Um, thank you, Cassandra. 
for posting that um, on Facebook. So that's where I saw that. I think that's a really helpful way to think about someone that you may suspect is suicidal. And if you're not able to do something, let someone else know that you saw the post. Um, that's what's most important is just alert someone that may be able to do something about it. Yeah, just don't ignore it. Please don't ignore it. Because you don't want to wake up the next morning regretting that. All right. So Christmas. Christmas. <clears throat> Sorry, we're 12 minutes in and we're just getting to Christmas. All right. So uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit. Past loss and grief. It's statistically or through research, I don't think it would probably be the case. But anecdotally, it really feels like there are a lot of losses during the holiday season. And at hospice, we have the same anecdotal issues. Um, certainly, we have times of the year, all throughout the year, where we'll have several people uh, on our caseload die. And it seems like it all happens at once, but it is particularly relevant when it's around this time. And so we can accidentally or anecdotally attribute that to during the holiday season. We have at our hospice... Um, holiday grief groups to help people through the holidays because even if you didn't lose someone during the holiday this may be your first holiday season celebrating without your loved one or even if it's not a death it could be an unpartnering as we saw yes or some other kind of loss so um, that grief may manifest in several different ways uh, and I will have a different podcast on how grief manifests at some other time but uh, if you have any questions about that of course you can you can email me um, and family dynamics this is another one that I really struggle with because on the one hand I want to not regret spending time with family but on the other hand you have to really consider is your family healthy is your family relationship healthy? Is it giving you what you need? Or is it actually causing you more trauma and stress? And there are plenty of people in the world that have had not just irritation with their family members or normal family strife. Well, and I think there's a lot of dutiful, just like dutiful feelings mm -hmm. in family that are just inbred. You have a duty to your family to behave mm -hmm. a certain way during a certain time of year. Sure. And part of that, you know, is probably not bad. Part of that is, you know, we get busy with our lives and this is the time of year where we make the effort, even if it's uncomfortable or un, un I don't want to say unhealthy, but they don't necessarily give you joy, but you want to stay connected with them on some A connection, level. yes. Which is different than having a childhood trauma or a toxic relationship that you don't want to be around. Right. So in those kind of instances, the latter instance where you've had abuse, um, any kind of abuse or trauma in the past, I really advocate for you to talk, first of all, to a therapist, um, but to other family and friends and really see for yourself, do you need to put yourself through that or is it just going to cause you more stress? Because if you go without the intention of 
reconnecting, then really it's not good for you or the other family members. <clears throat> Agreed. Now, there certainly are times when you're not necessarily looking forward to a gathering, and it could be because of travel or because it's going to be crowded or there's one particular person in your family that you don't necessarily get along with the best. But once you get there, you end up having a good time and you're glad you went. That's a different scenario than what I'm talking about. So for those of you that have had that kind of trauma, you know, I just want you to reach out to people that know you and reach out to your support system and just decide for yourself. You can say no. That's one of the things we teach at the holiday groups is when you've had a loss and it's your first holiday coming up, it's okay to say no to things. And to have someone that's your advocate with you that knows you and knows when you've reached your limit is really helpful. And uh, I have to say that I've learned things about um, in going out of my comfort zone in, in a positive aspect is a good thing, but not always a good thing. So mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to figure out where you're choosing to do that, I, guess, I suppose, is what I figure. Yeah, and <clears throat> sometimes you have to try it first to know. If it's going to work for you. But the second or third or fifth or sixth or tenth time that you do it. Sometimes you got to realize. <laughs> you may figure it out. One of the things you brought up, Matt, earlier was shopping. Shopping during this time of year. Ooh-y. Yeah. It can be difficult. I'm not really a least. people person. <laughs> I like to think I'm a people person. But I am not really... Into large crowds of people and people who are not being considerate of my feelings. Because I'm trying to always be considerate of everyone's feelings while I'm out in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was interesting. I was listening to Psychology in Seattle today and they were talking about mob mentality and Black Friday. And um, Kirk was saying that uh, it's, it's a myth, actually, that all this terribleness is happening that the media kind of blows it out of proportion. It seems like it's happening all over the it's place. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. But part of that he also was discussing was this huge class divide. And he was specifically talking about Black Friday. But really, I think it goes with all the Christmas sales. All year long, as far as season, season all season long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the lower class uh, people, people that are in poverty and can't afford things, wait for this time of year so that they actually can afford something. And it means something very different for people like us who are in the middle class who really could either afford something not on sale or be able to buy it at our leisure. Take it or leave it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's really important, too, to remember during this time of year that not everyone is in the same circumstance and, you know, reach out. See if, if someone in your circle needs some help. That's the best thing to do, really. And and maybe try to have some grace for the people that are pushing and shoving and being rude because although it may be an extremely irritating circumstance for us, there may be a lot going on. And and that's always been in the back of my mind for years is we don't know what other people's struggles are. It's a very good thing to have a a healthy healthy dose of empathy with you while you go out Mm -hmm. and shop. Yes. Oh, especially for parking spots. That oh my too. Goodness. Yes, yes. 
Uh, and please don't park like a dick. Don't take up two spaces. Come on. Try to think about how you're parking. If you have a giant truck, can you please park at the other end of the parking lot? And just stay in the lines. <laughs> and maybe don't back up in a space when there's people behind you. <laughs> I know your favorite. You want to talk about that for a minute? No, no. Let's move on. It's Christmas. Mm. You sure you don't need some therapy about that? Yeah. No. All right. So... Speaking of Christmas and traditions, another thing that was brought up um, during that podcast I was listening to was talking about sharing spaces and everyone assuming they have the same holiday tradition. (coughs) Excuse me. So, for instance, there are trees everywhere. It's Christmas. Not everyone celebrates Christmas. Yes. We've been, I think, a little bit better about including Hanukkah in a little more mainstream media and in sp- in public spaces. But any other religion really too bad for you. Now, of course, we'll get into it a little bit later about PC culture, but Christmas decorations are everywhere and they can also be triggering. If you've had a terrible experience with Christmas in the past, Or, like we were talking about before, you're newly single or you had a loss in the family. You may look, those Christmas decorations may have been your favorite thing to do all year. And the very next year, it's the worst thing you could possibly see. Right. And that will, that could turn into agoraphobia (laughs) really quick if you (laughs) just want to stay home and not deal with any of the decorations that you see because you've felt such horrible loss. Because they're literally everywhere. At every store, at every bank, there's Christmas music playing on the radio, over the intercom. There's Christmas decorations. And I get it. You know, that's that's part of living in America and living in this culture is accepting that that is the majority religion. It's in your face. It is in your face mm-hmm. constantly. So that can definitely be difficult for people. Um, food. Talk a little bit about overeating during the holidays. Um, I also have a friend, very dear friend of mine, that has an eating disorder. Well, she did have an eating disorder, and thankfully she's overcoming that. But the holidays can really present a terrible conundrum for people, not only with eating disorders, but just trying to maintain a weight or not be unhealthy. Yeah, you... You have to commit to a diet if you don't want to go through the holiday gain of weight because it's everywhere you go. I mean, and yeah, every Christmas party, every gathering is cookies and. Hey, what you don't want that? You don't. What do you? You know, uh, I uh, <laughs> I've been through it. Why aren't you eating my cookies? What's yeah. wrong? You didn't want to try my pie. You didn't want to try my cake. Mm-hmm. Sugar and carbs are all over like the I holidays. Tried both. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, everywhere you go, you feel obligated to bring it. You feel obligated to eat it. You're likely to overeat and be uncomfortable. And it's just another added stress to the holiday that we all don't need. So it's something to think about that you can think ahead and try to eat slowly. Try to put small portions on your plate. Very small portions, I think, is probably the best thing to do is try everything as small as you can mm-hmm. and just thank everybody for everything they brought, I guess. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, we already kind of co covered family gatherings and music, but we didn't really talk about gifts. So gifts are another one where it can add stress. First of all, the shopping of the gifts. Yeah. Shopping is, uh, it's almost a hardship. If you don't think about it year round and do it early, you're like me. You wait till the last minute and you start hammering in your brain. What should I get this person? What should I get that person? <laughs> and uh, by then, you know, who knows if they already have it, if they already bought it. Right. I never know what to get anyone. And I think it's really important too. And this is, this is really probably because I work in hospice. I've had a pretty big change in perspective in the last few years that I don't want more things. I don't need more things. And part of that is because I am middle class and I can buy what I want when I want it. Right. If I want it, I'll get it. Right. Um, but that also leaves out room for when people feel like, you know, they want to do something nice for me and get me something. But I think there's other ways that you can get gifts that don't, that honor the gift giving um, nature of people, but don't force materialistic or unwanted items that either they'll have to return or re-gift or whatnot. Right. All I want to do is get something that's, they open it and they smile. Yeah. I'm happy. Uh, if they're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. And there are plenty of ways to do that. Um, we've talked about a couple of them earlier tonight, which is just more experiential things or um, task-oriented things. Like, for example, you can get people a gift certificate to get their car washed, you know? Yes. And uh, I love that, and it's great. But it also makes me think about the people who are like, oh, you got to be a gift card? <laughs> you know, gift cards, are, gift cards <clears throat> get a bad rap. However, there's a struggle with gift cards because a lot of people, I've been reading recently, people have been getting gift cards and they go to use them and there's like a dollar left on them. So somehow these criminals have gotten a hold of the gift cards from the store, they've gotten the barcode and then they keep checking and once it gets activated, they hurry up and spend the money and then you go to give it to someone and it's only got like a dollar left. Okay, I have not heard of that. Yeah, that just started happening recently and completely infuriating. I really feel like I want to kind of start going back to cash gifts. It, it also does elicit that feeling of impersonality. You know, you're not right. giving, you're not putting Oh, you put a lot of effort it. into it. You got me a gift card. Right, but at the same time, Hey, you're I know allowing, you like Cabela's. <laughs> you're allowing them to get what they need. And you're honoring the fact that they may need something more than whatever you're getting them. They may need money for food or money for gas. You know, unless you're in the upper 10% of the economy, you don't know what they need, really, unless it's family. And even then, it's still a guessing game. So <clears throat> I don't ever think that cash is a bad gift. Um, if you feel like, and they've expressed... Some people think it's really impersonal. I don't understand why. Well, in like, those particular instances, you have to just roll with whatever that person I is. I apologize that I <laughs> don't know you well enough as a family member, but here's the money I would have spent on you. Mm -hmm. Please spend it how you feel like you would like to spend it. Right. Well, and... Because I in, love you. In that case, you could um, root around a little bit 
And for instance, you could make a donation to charity in their name and give them that certificate. You could go to oxfam.com, O-X-F-A-M, and you can buy a herd of sheep for some family in Africa in their name. So you can do something to better the world. If that's something that they really find meaning in, you can find any charity for anything and give money to it in their name. Or you can find just really obscure shit they're going to have to return anyway or re-gift. Exactly. So it's really dependent on who you're giving the gift for and how you feel about it. But I think there's a lot of options for gifts that don't necessarily have to be material things. Agreed. And I already told you what I want. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, We didn't really talk about Santa, but I think it kind of comes back down to... Christmas decorations and traditions that Santa, even though Christmas is traditionally a Christian holiday, not all Christian or Bible-based faiths celebrate Santa. For instance, Jehovah's Witnesses do Don't not celebrate, celebrate Christmas or any holiday. Um, Sorry. <laughs> so... You know, Santa's just another one of those, you know, jovial figures, but it actually came from a mesh of different religions and... It's pagan. And it doesn't have to be terrible. Uh, A lot of things that they've been talking about on the news is forcing your children to take pictures with Santa or hug and kiss relatives that they only see once a year. That's been, I've seen a lot of different articles about that and stories on the news. Why do we do that? Why do we force our kids? I mean, honestly, it is kind of funny because I don't have kids to see a terrified kid on a Santa's lap. But that can actually cause a trauma response. Yeah, I've uh, always wondered why it is important for children to connect with relatives they have not seen or will not see for a long time. And honestly, you know, we've taught our kids throughout the years, don't go to strangers, don't go with strangers, don't let strangers touch you in a private place. And yet here we are forcing our children to let strangers kiss them on the mouth or force them to go kiss their aunt or cousin or whoever. Right. I guess it's important for the for the the elder relative to understand this is this is the offspring and, you know, here's part of the family tree and everything. And so let's stay connected. Mm -hmm. But, uh, sometimes these, these days it seems like the, the connections aren't often solid. I don't know. Particularly in the United States because we're in an individualistic culture. But I think it's important to realize that you can connect with them when they're older and old enough to understand who you are and why you have a connection. Exactly. I don't think it's so important that you let granny pinch your cheek until it hurts when you're five because you don't even know who she is. Right. And you're sending mixed messages to your kids about what's okay, what's acceptable touching and what's not. Okay, yes. Yes. All right. Enough about that. I do want to get into a little bit of PC culture um, and the war on Christmas, quote unquote, war on Christmas. The war on Christmas. AKA Fox News. There is no war on Christmas. Let me just throw it out there right now. I'm not sure. Christmas is puked up everywhere the day after Halloween. 
So I don't even want to hear about a war on Christmas. Not sure there's ever been a war on Christmas. I, th- I think that the what they call the war on Christmas is trying to include everyone in the holiday season and not hurting anyone's yes religious feelings. I don't think it's a war on Christmas. I think it's an inclusive yes. Come on and join this this November December holiday season <laughs> I think, with us in America. Exactly. I think I personally think that is the whole trouble with the quote PC culture unquote problem. Is that it started out, you know, being politically correct, aside from Bill Maher, being politically correct meant trying to be respectful of others. It didn't mean don't say anything because I'll be offended. It has turned into that. So the new term of PC is now snowflake, right? Right. You're being a snowflake. You're being a puss. It means you can't tolerate anything. And that's not what it originally intended to mean. It means to include everyone. Yes. PC used to mean try not to hurt someone's feelings when you're trying to figure stuff out. Let's include everyone Right. So saying happy holidays is not excluding Christmas. It's including Christmas and every other holiday that other people celebrate that might not be your own. Exactly. It doesn't mean you hate Christmas. Why is this so hard to define for people? (laughs) I don't understand why it's a war on Christmas. It's not. Uh, and Starbucks cups. That's another one. Every year. It's, oh, God. A lot of sensitivity there. Starbucks is the communist, and right. they, ha- they have don't have Christmas trees on their cups, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just order your coffee and drink your coffee. Yeah, look, Just, it's a capitalist <laughs> it's company. It's a receptacle. You throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you really want to be upset about something, how about trying to be green when you're ordering your Starbucks and don't get a straw? Yeah. Or go to some place other than Starbucks. Yeah, if they really upset you that much. Jesus. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, gosh. That's funny. Um, and the last one, I really just, I mean, PC culture could be a whole episode in itself. But I want to bring up the most recent craze. Which has been that song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, which has been covered by a million different people, it seems The like. Dean Martin tune? Is that who popularized it? Or? Yes. Dean Martin, I think, was the original. I forget who the lady singing it was. Uh. I, I will say that for a long time, many years, way before this was a thing in the culture, that song, lyrics-wise, as a woman, is incredibly troubling. However... I absolutely don't feel like a ban is necessary. And I respect the fact that we have to think about what culture and what time that song was written. It's meant to be a sweet, flirty song. It's not meant to be the rapey song that we're thinking of it in in 2018's culture. And so I can see both sides. I can see how people now are looking at the song and like, oh my God, I don't want to hear that song. The song is terrible. Because it is suggesting that something might be in the cup. And it is sounding like the woman's saying no and the man's not listening. But at the same time, it's also in a time where women weren't allowed to be with men. with And if they weren't married. 
And there was a big stigma around that. So she's saying, look at what everybody's going to think of me. I can't possibly stay over here even if I want to. So I don't think it's as stark an issue as people are making it out to be. I don't think it needs to be banned. It doesn't mean it's not problematic on some level. And I'm pretty sure at no moment did he say, damn it, you're staying here and start choking her. <laughs> and you know what? I'm still going to listen to it. You're not leaving. And, you know, dragged her into a bedroom. It, well, and we were just, you know, 16 Candles was just on last night. 16 Candles is so... Oh talk God. about problematic. Yeah. Let's, let's look at every John Hughes movie <laughs> yeah. ever made. If we're going to uh, chastise Baby It's Cold Outside, Ugh. look at some John Hughes films. Specifically 16 Candles, <laughs> yeah. quote, I've got her in the other room passed out. I could defile her 10 ways from Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Unquote. We don't, we don't need to start stirring the pot. Things that were in the past were in the past. And they were culturally relevant or funny or whatever right. at the time. We are being awakened to things that have been wrong with the way we do things as human beings. Yes. So let's look at what we're doing wrong now, today. I mean, there are plenty of songs, as people have pointed out, that are horrible today. <laughs> look at the lyrics today in pop music. So much of it... I. It's just awful. So, yeah, let's just, you know, let Baby It's Cold Outside go. Let it be a fun Christmas song. And let's just not continue to make worse songs <laughs> that are <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And try to remember that PC culture doesn't have to be, I'm offended so you can't say this. PC culture was meant to be inclusive, was meant to not hurt people's feelings. And to start a conversation. And if to we need start, to start a conversation. One. I am going to have a much more in-depth conversation about this, hopefully with Dr. Kirkonda, in the new year. So we will talk a lot more about microaggressions and PC culture and those kind of things. Um, but for now, I just wanted to talk about that little bit of PC culture for the holidays. And <clears throat> I want to just note a couple more things. Um... I recently have just been feeling incredibly irritable and I, I find that a lot of people around the holidays just it's overwhelming for reasons that you are just not tangible. You find yourself if you're like me you find yourself irritated that you're irritated. <laughs> there's, there's no real reason you're irritated it's Little tiny things like little pieces of sand. I agree 100%. And yes. pretty soon, it's your sand, your underwear is full of sand and everything's an irritant. But as someone very wise pointed out to me, it only takes one grain of sand to make a pearl. So let's try to make our pearls this holiday season instead of letting that sand irritate your bum. And, uh, let's, all, let's all make some pearls. Let's make some pearls. I haven't said it already. This is actually our 11th episode, and I want to make sure I give a shout out to the Witching Hour podcast, which is becoming Freak Nation podcast at the beginning of the year. They're going to do uh, different stories from each state, and I'll have hopefully a little sample of that at some point, and I'll do a little interview with them, but specifically Christina from the Witching Hour podcast, soon to be Freak Nation, because without her, I am quite sure this podcast would have not ever got off the ground because I was technologically challenged. So Christina, thank you so, so much. You are so appreciated, and I look forward to hearing your new podcast. 
And Kirk and Umberto. Kirk and Umberto. I, I just <laughs> love them so much. They're, this whole podcast was essentially a ripoff of Psychology <laughs> in Seattle, um, but with the social work perspective. So <clears throat> if it wasn't for his podcast about social media um, and how to use that to enhance your podcast or your, uh, your practice, uh, this, again, podcast wouldn't exist. And uh, again, thanks to Matt, who's been here for me, supporting me, and helping me to get these podcasts out to you, and have someone to bounce some ideas off of, because nobody just wants to hear me talk. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Happy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And why should they be talking about happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas? You know why. <laughs> because someday, we'll all be dead. Thanks, everyone, for hanging into the very end here. I always seem to forget the part about mentioning our email and how to find us. So you can email us at contact at willallbedeadpodcast.com. You can check out the website, willallbedeadpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook at Someday We'll All Be Dead. And we're finally on Twitter at Someday Dead PC. Um, <clears throat> any other questions, we're happy to hear from you about any kind of subject or if there's something you want me to talk about, um, email me and I hope you all have a great holiday season. If you so are inclined, we would be happy for you to subscribe and rate the podcast on whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Take care. <laughs>